forever. Dog. Hey y'all, my name is Alex Berg and welcome to the LGBTQ Nation podcast. LGBTQ Nation is the world's leader in LGBTQ news and commentary. And every week we focus on major topics affecting the queer community and speak with the nation's brightest thinkers, journalists, activists, politicians, and more. Before we get started, we are anxiously awaiting the verdict in Derek Chauvin's trial for the murder of George Floyd. By the time you are hearing this, we will have received the verdict. We wanted to acknowledge that George Floyd should still be here, that he and his family deserve justice, and that this is a painful time for black and brown people in America who have witnessed police act violently with impunity towards their communities for far too long. To quote the activist, writer, and organizer Raquel Willis on Twitter, George Floyd's murder pushed many people to think more deeply about how white supremacy functions in our society. Regardless of the verdict and what is said about Chauvin, we need people to stay engaged and motivated in the fight to end systems of oppression. Now, in line with that spirit, we've been talking a ton about anti-trans bills that impact young people, but what about actually talking to the teens they affect? On today's show, I'll be chatting with three badass young people about how they became trans advocates and a new children's book they wrote about what it's like to be a trans teen, which to be honest, we need now more than ever. Since the start of this year, state legislators have zeroed in on bills that restrict the rights of young trans people, and it seems like we don't often get to hear from the most important voices when it comes to this issue, young trans people themselves. That's why I'm so excited for our next guests who are doing awesome work for their community, including writing a new book in the A Kid's Book About Collection. Welcome, Landon, Rebecca, and Ashton. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So to start us off, can you each tell us who you are, how old you are, and where you're from? Um, Ashton, we can start with you. Awesome. Um, my name is Ashton. I'm 16 years old. I'm a sophomore in high school. I live in Massachusetts, and I use he, him pronouns. I'm Rebecca. Um, my pronouns are she, her. I'm 14 years old, and I live in New Jersey. My name is Landon. My pronouns are he, him, his. I'm 18 years old, and I live in Texas. Excellent. Well, I'm so excited for our listeners to learn more about what y'all are up to. Of course, this has been an interesting year, now almost going on two years of this pandemic life. So can you tell us, are you all doing school from home? Are you away at school? How is everything going? Right now, I'm a freshman in college, and all of my classes are online, and I'm also living at home still, possibly living on campus next semester, which is exciting. But for now, it's, you know, been all virtual classes, and I wake up, uh, get out of bed, go to class, basically. I have to say, I feel that way with my work from home life. I wake up, roll out of bed, sitting in front of the computer. So not that different. Yeah. Um, Rebecca, how about you? For us, I'm in eighth grade. Um, so we're doing a hybrid version. So we have Mondays are all virtual and the rest of the days we go in half days because they don't want us doing lunches in school because that's complicated. Mm. I'm going good. Ashton, how has school been going for you? School's been going pretty good overall. I'm currently uh, rolling into finals week, which is a little bit stressful, but I'm feeling prepared and ready to take it on. But I go to a boarding school, so I'm currently on campus and I live here uh, 24-7. In terms of like our school schedule, I go into school four days a week and 
that's pretty cool because I know not many people are able to get into school that much. So I'm very grateful for that. But yeah, everything's been going pretty good. Well, I can't thank you enough, especially for joining us during finals week. I feel like that sounds so stressful. So super appreciate you taking the time away from your studying to be here. And I'm really excited to talk to each of you about how you became champions for Gender Cool. What made you interested in activism and advocacy? Um, And so Landon, how did you get involved with advocacy on behalf of the community? Yeah, so I came out when I was 11 years old. And like most trans people, it's sort of, you you want to not necessarily have a spotlight. You want to make sure you're getting through life with as little questions from other people as possible. But I started a GSA at my middle school, my eighth grade year, a year after I came out. And in researching what I needed in order to start a club at a middle school like that, Uh, I discovered that my school district's non-discrimination policy didn't include language that protected uh, its LGBTQ student staff teachers. So it didn't include language like uh, gender identity, gender expression, sexual orientation. And that's sort of where it all started, uh, where my advocacy started. I spoke at a school board meeting my eighth grade year about this subject, trying to have the board amend the policy. And continued that work into high school, started a student advocacy group across many high schools in the district, as well as middle schools. And we did block walking campaigns. We did uh, petitioning, um, all for the purpose of trying to get this policy amended. And it sort of went from there. I've been involved um, with the Houston Equal Rights Ordinance back in 2015. And in just state advocacy as well surrounding, you know, SB6 uh, in 2017 and the bills that are being passed or filed this year. Rebecca and Ashton, how about you both? I came out as transgender in the summer of 2016 when I was 12 years old to my family and um, close community. And the first year of me coming out as trans, I, my family and I had to do a lot of work with the school I was at at the time in terms of, you know, making sure there were policies that protected me while I was at school, you know, going to the bathroom, you know, using my preferred pronouns and name and being able to play on the boys basketball team, which was really important to me at the time. And, you know, there were challenges along the way, but at the end, we were able to work through those challenges alongside my school and, you know, have a positive outcome where I could just go to school and be a student and, you know, be like any other kid. But moving past that, in 2018, the state where I live in Massachusetts, there was a bill that was basically questioning um, my right to live authentically as a transgender person. It was called the Yes on Three campaign. And I know that my mom and I got involved through an organization called GLSEN. And one of the first things I did was speak at a rally in Boston um, and talk about why I thought I deserve to have the rights that every other person had. And, you know, that's really where my career in activism kicked off. It was at a really young age. I wasn't sure what I was doing, but I knew that what I was doing was the right thing. Um, Because luckily when I came out as transgender, I had my family's support. And, you know, it didn't take me long to realize that not many kids who had come out as transgender or just LGBTQ in general received that support. So I found it really important to use my voice and the platform that I was given through working on the Yes on Three campaign and later moving on to work with the Human Rights Campaign and the Gender Cool Project to stand up for those whose voices aren't heard and make it known that you're not alone. Because I feel like a lot of times transgender youth, and I know for me personally growing up, I thought I was the only person like me and I felt alone in the world. And 
I just didn't know who to go to. So I feel like I, alongside my family, we made it our goal to, you know, represent not only the LGBTQ plus community, but LGBTQ plus people of color, because there's a lack of representation there. But since that, since I've come out, that's um, been my goal to inspire, to motivate, to be a role model for young people like me. I feel like that's so important because it is so easy. I, you know, I can remember like when I was younger, just feeling so alone and feeling like nobody else would ever understand what I was going through. And then, you know, we know how that can be even more challenging for, for queer and trans young folks as well. So everything that y'all are saying is just resonating with me so much. Rebecca, how did you get involved in advocacy? Did you always think that you would be super outspoken and out there? So I transitioned when I was eight and I was really lucky I was homeschooled so I just went into school as Rebecca so that made that transition really easy but when I was 10 years old the federal administration rescinded the guidance for trans students in schools and my mom she offered to speak at a rally for trans kids as a mom of a trans kid and um, they said yeah you and Rebecca can speak but I was only 10 she gave me the option though and I said yeah I want to share my story it was really important for me to hear the stories of other trans youth who weren't supported in their in their families. And I realized how privileged I was and um, that I needed to speak up for those who couldn't. Now, Ashton and Rebecca, you have a book that you actually co-wrote called A Kid's Book About Being Inclusive. First of all, what is this book about? Um, what inspired you to write it? I can start by saying that this book is one of writing this book alongside Rebecca was one of the most eye-opening, fun, I don't even know, best experiences in my life. I will be the first one to say that I would have never imagined myself to be now a co-author of a book at especially the our age. And I don't know, like this book, it means so much to me and I I hold it so close to my heart because I feel like the past couple of years, especially for me, you know, navigating my trans identity and, you know, being a person of color, I have been like navigating the world. And I feel like my transition isn't only, it's not only my transition, it's been a transition for my family, my community. And I feel like everything that was at the core of this journey was inclusion. So I felt like going into this book, there was a message that I wanted to get across that we wanted to get across of, you know, being inclusive is a choice. And you know, it's not a hard one. I mean, at first it may be hard, but at the end of the day, it's choosing between right and wrong. And I feel like we were able to portray that in a way that's, you know, I think is pretty cool to younger people, you know, like my brother and sister can read the book and really understand what it means to be inclusive and how they can be inclusive, you know, but I feel like even though it's catered to a younger audience, everyone can learn from it, which is what I love the most about the book. I feel like there are a lot of adults who need to learn about what inclusion is. So probably good for them to read it too. Um, Rebecca, I could see you nodding along as Ashton was talking. Tell us a little bit more about what the book is about and what was important to you to include in it. During my transition, a lot of it was to explain the world in language they would understand who I knew I was. And I use books for that. So I think it was really impactful for, for me to be able to create this so that other kids like me could use this to explain to the world who they were. I really like that these books are working on having the harder conversations with young kids because that's important and they can have those conversations because they are mature enough. And yeah, I think that the way we did it was really amazing because it's not even the big things that we need to do. It can be small ways to be inclusive in everyone's life. 
Do you have any examples of some of the things that you learned or you included of those small things that would be good takeaways maybe for our listeners? Well, yeah. So um, what we really um, focused on was seeing things from like others' perspective and welcoming them in and really just being the light, being happy and giving them that boost. Ashton, is there anything in particular that you would want our listeners to take away about the book? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like in terms of inclusion, I think about it as an umbrella term. Inclusion can mean so many things. And like we've already spoken about, people are intimidated kind of by the word inclusion because they think it has to be kind of this grand scale gesture to show that, you know, you accept people and you love them for who they are. But, you know, smaller examples of inclusion that we discussed while writing the book was, you know, just making sure that, you know, people who may be struggling or, you know, feel like they aren't being seen or their voice isn't being heard, making sure that you see them, you know, that you're there and that you're willing to walk through whatever they're going through with them and along and like by their side, I feel like that's a pretty small gesture and open gesture to, you know, show inclusion and show that you care about the person that you're there for them. Yeah, I think it's really awesome that young people are getting to learn about what these things mean um, so that they're, it's just with you from the time that you're young and, you know, it doesn't have to be this learning curve when people get older. Landon, I could see you nodding along as Ashton and Rebecca were speaking. Um, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, I just wanted to add that, you know, in, in addition to the kids book about inclusion, Gender Cool is also partnered with a kids book about to write a kids book about being transgender and being non-binary. And at the beginning of that writing process, we all, all of the Gender Cool champions and the team at a kids book about hopped on a call and just had a conversation about what are some of the things that you wish you could tell people about what it's like to be trans, uh, what what you wish they knew about your experience or just the, the things that are different in the world because you're trans, but also that are the same. And having that conversation, you see so much overlap in experiences, but you also see a wide array of just life and everybody is different. Everybody's journey is different. And I hope, I'm sure that these books will, you know, convey that because that's a, that's a very important part about educating people on what it means to be transgender or non-binary, that there is no one way to be trans or non-binary. There isn't a certain way that that looks or that sounds or, you know, exists in the world. It's, it's a very diverse community and, many different experiences that even though they are different, they're still valid and true to the person who experiences them. Yeah, always a good reminder that uh, no one person uh, represents all people who share their identity. Um, communities are not a monolith. I feel like that is a great thing that we cannot seem to reiterate enough. What were some of the things when you were having that conversation among all of the gender cool champions, what were some of the things that you really did want to convey to folks? A lot of what we discussed was Gender Cool Champions focuses on trans youth, but more specifically, you know, who we are and not what we are as trans people. And I feel like that's one of the biggest things that we wanted to be portrayed through this book. And we want people to know, especially because a lot of people don't know a trans person. And the only way that they see the trans community is through media. 
And a lot of misinformation is spread that way. A lot of the stories are sensationalized, but in the end, we're just people. We're just kids wanting to live our lives, just adults wanting to live our lives. And I think because of the fact that so many people don't have the experience of meeting a trans person or having a conversation with them, they feel able to ask some very personal, invasive questions that you wouldn't normally ask anybody else. And while education about these topics is important, there's a way that it has to be done. It can't just be asking somebody about their anatomy or, you know, demanding that they spill their trauma all out on the floor in front of you so that you understand what they go through, right? So I think having that, that that's a lot of what the discussion was about, wanting to acknowledge that these are conversations that we have, but that we are so much more than our transness and we are actors and athletes, filmmakers. We are all these like these dynamic, amazing people. Ashton and Rebecca, did you want to chime in as well? Yeah, absolutely. I agreed with everything that Landon just said. What really excites me about this collection and what I hope people understand after taking a look at these awesome books is that transgender and non-binary youth are youth before anything else. Non-binary transgender people are people before anything else. And we have the ability to grow into and become successful, intelligent, and brilliant people just like everyone else. And, you know, I hope that for me, I feel like a lot of the time, especially when I first came out and having to explain to people what it meant to be transgender or explain to them my identity, I felt really misunderstood by adults, kids my age, just like a lot of people. And I just wish and I hope that our books will help other kids understand that even though it may seem hard and difficult at first um, in terms of inclusion and just accepting people for who they are, it's always the right voice to, you know, stand up for what you believe in and what you think is right. And if you see someone being treated incorrectly to stand up and be an ally for them to make them feel stronger within their own skin and, you know, just elevate their voices and their experience and treating everyone with love, dignity, and respect, regardless of their differences, because at the end of the day, our differences are what make us beautiful and, you know, bring us together. And my dream and hope, and I know all of us gender cool champions in the gender cool family our hope is to get these books into the hands of as many kids and families that we can, you know, whether it be a kid reading it with their parent or older sibling, a teacher, we want people to read these books so that our stories are heard, you know, our experiences are heard. And more generally, we just get this awesome message across. Rebecca, did you want to jump in? Yeah. I just want to say that like definitely what they were saying. And um, to add on to that, I really like to think that we, wanted to highlight the intersections of like how we are kids, but there's so much more to us. And like, we are happy and we are thriving young people in our communities. And it's not always having to be this fight in my day-to-day life. I don't think about being transgender all the time. I'm just a kid. And I remember we talked about that. We shouldn't have to justify who we are to um, other people just because we're trans, because normally other people don't have to do that. Earlier, y'all were saying uh, that 
a lot of people don't know a transgender person, and that's why media can be so important. But also just in the midst of all of these Republican-backed bills that seek to chip away at the rights of trans folk, it's also remarkable and ridiculous and disgusting to me that these lawmakers don't even know a trans person and that really the people that we should be hearing, we should be hearing from y'all in these conversations rather than having these people who have no idea what they're talking about making these these laws that are awful. How have you all been following all of the bills across the country? If you could talk to these lawmakers, is there something that you would want to tell them? So being in Texas, um, Texas has been in the spotlight for a lot of these bills, especially recently. And you know, if I had the chance to talk to any of these lawmakers, there's not a singular thing that I would want them to know. But overall, the message that we want to convey is, you know, trans kids are just kids and they are living happy, healthy, thriving lives because they have the support of their family and because they have access to life-saving care. And because they are able to play in this sports with their friends. And that that's a good thing. You know, trans kids just want to exist and live their lives just like any other kid. And, you know, there's nothing wrong or to be fixed about us. It, we, we are trans, but we are so much more. During my time as a youth ambassador for the Human Rights Campaign, um, at one of their annual Time to Thrive conferences, which is basically a conference focusing on supporting LGBTQ plus youth. The youth ambassadors are granted with an awesome opportunity of going to visit Capitol Hill and lobby at the offices of several senators and state reps. And, you know, during my visit, we went to these Congress people and we're talking to them about possibly co-sponsoring bills on, you know, the abolishment of conversion therapy. Another one was like uh, placing children in foster care with families that affirm their gender identity and, you know, about protections in school environments and, you know, um, bills along those lines. And I, being a person who live in Massachusetts, I'm so I'm so grateful that I have the protections that I do have because I know that there are so many other states where transgender and L just LGBTQ plus people don't have these protections. So I was going into Capitol Hill not only to speak to my senators and state reps and, you know, um, make sure that these bills are still on their agendas. But, you know, I spoke to state reps and senators from other states who weren't as friendly around these bills. And, you know, what I did, because I knew, I knew that I wasn't be able to go in there and you know flip their mind like a switch so i went in, i went in there and i just sat down and i told them about myself because i feel like as landon was saying not many people know transgender kids or just transgender people in general and i felt like by going in there and telling them my name is ashton i'm 16 years old i'm a sophomore in high school i play lacrosse i love spending time with my family and friends i love going to the movie theaters you know, just stuff like that and letting them know that I'm a kid before my transgender identity and letting them see me for who I am before anything else. I felt like that was the way that I could get to them because maybe just maybe they would they would be able to see a little bit of their child or their nephew or their neighbor inside of me and be able to say, hey, he's just like them and he deserves to be treated just like them. But yeah, I thought that was a very important thing to share because we have all been saying transgender people are just like anyone else. You know, the only thing making us different is our transgender identity, but 
it's also what makes us beautiful people in this world. And I think it's really important to add that, like, because these people don't know us, um, they're making these these headlines and they're showing us as these scary, like, not human people, but we're not scary, like, at all. Um, and I think that they make it out to seem like our communities they don't love and accept us, but they do. We have an amazing and positive environment to grow up and be happy like everyone else. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I love that you are pointing out that you do have communities around you who are really standing in allyship and supporting you and that we're just not hearing the full story to say the least at all with everything that's going on right now. And y'all kind of told us about the kind of work that you've done. You know, you've already been in newspapers and accomplished so much. Is there something that you're each most proud of in terms of the things that you've done? I mean, like already writing a book, that's huge. But tell us a little bit more. Is there something that stands out to you from anything you've done along the way, whether it's related to your advocacy or your hobbies or your interests at school that you're most proud of? What really gets me every time is the messages that I get from kids who just say that um, by me being me and just standing up and saying that this is who I am, that it gives them hope. And I think that hope is a really, really important thing that we need to be spreading in this time because it can be really hard, but just to lift ourselves above that and to to hear from them is really amazing um, because they're kids like me and I know that I'm inspiring them as well. Yeah. Adding on to what Rebecca said, I feel like I say I've been out and living my life authentically for five years and I've done so much activism and advocacy work. And like you mentioned, you know, features in newspapers and getting opportunities like these. But I can confidently say that my most proudest achievement since then is coming out and living my life authentically and not only doing that, but thriving while doing so, because it shows that transgender youth have the ability to grow into the beautiful people that they want to be. And I feel like that's not something like Landon was mentioning earlier. That's not the part of the transgender community that's portrayed in the media. And I feel like it's so important that we continue to do that, especially through the Gender Cool Project, which gives us a platform to show our just our amazing selves to the world so that we can battle all of the misinformation about the trans community and, you know, just kind of show that we're so much more than that. And we're amazing people who are going to become leaders of the world and change the world to make it a better and happier place for not only the trans community, but all communities that are marginalized and discriminated against. Because without that and without unity, we're not going to get anywhere. And I feel like we're the youth, you know, the gender cool project champions, we're going to be pioneers of doing that and making sure that the world is a safe place for everyone, regardless of their differences. Yeah, I want to echo what both Ashton and Rebecca said. We have been sort of in the spotlight as both uh, just gender cool champions and in our own activism and advocacy in, in our states. But I think, you know, aside from all of that, the thing that I would say I'm most proud of is being part of and facilitating the change of workplaces and these big corporations with the power that they hold to really change their work environments and uh, in turn state legislatures. And uh, you see corporations coming out against these harmful legislations and that goes back to educating them on the importance of inclusion and diversity and making sure that 
their employees know that they have a workplace that affirms and hears them. Uh, so I, I say that as you know, members of the next gen workforce, as we are moving our way up in life, I'd say just facilitating that and pushing for these changes, having our voices heard um, is what I'm most proud of. Well, in starting to wrap up, um, I want to hear about what y'all are looking forward to doing next. So Landon, I actually heard that you're a musician and you play the trumpet. Have you had any chance? Are, are you studying this? Will you be playing anytime soon? Yeah, so I played trumpet from sixth grade um, all the way through high school with you know the pandemic and being home for college. It's been a little bit more difficult to play consistently especially since band is such a, you know, you have to be there in person type thing to really be involved in that setting. So I haven't had the chance to play for a while, but it, it is still something I enjoy. And that's a very big part of my, how I move through the world. A lot of the values that I learned from band, I still hold with me. And I've won some uh, competitions and, solo and ensemble performances and so it, it was a it been a pretty big part of my growing up very grateful to have had the opportunity to learn how to play an instrument rebecca i learned about you that you were actually in a marvel comic book there's a comic book character based on you um can you tell me a little about this and also what is next for you any plans on continuing this book writing in the future yeah, actually, last December, I was featured in Marvel's Hero Project, which was a docuseries on Disney Plus that featured um, amazing kids doing amazing things in their communities to change the world. And I was one of them. So they came to my house and they I told them my story. And it was really amazing to actually hear from, to see the episodes of the other kids, because I learned about so many different people doing really, really different things um, because each topic was so different. And that was inspiring because everyone was making a change in an amazing way. But at the end, they made me into a Marvel superhero with my own comic book. And that was really, really inspiring. And in the episode, I actually had a book drive, which I'm really, really, really looking um, forward to continuing because I know that representation is really important for trans kids in their libraries, in their schools, for them to see themselves in the books they're reading. And I really want to increase that. And then Ashton, just to wrap up our conversation, you started off this chat by talking about how um, you first were introduced to advocacy um, by doing public speaking. I know that you actually love public speaking. Any plans to continue uh, doing that? Uh, yeah, public speaking is definitely a passion of mine. I mean, I guess even private speaking, I'm just such a talker. Whether <laughs> I feel around, <laughs> Whether it be around the dinner table with my friends, I'm always talking. But, you know, ever since the pandemic hit, it has been hard to seek public speaking opportunities in person, which is, you know, something that I genuinely love because, you know, public speaking is public speaking. So I'm going to love it regardless. But there's definitely a difference when it's, you know, through a Zoom screen or, you know, in front of a crowd of hundreds of people. 
but you know my activism and advocacy it's just over the past couple of years it's become a, a part of my everyday life whether it be for the trans community the community of color or you know um just my community here at school i really try to be an active member of the community and do everything that i can to make sure that you know my school is a safe place for everyone whether it be because of race sexuality gender religion and you know just being a good friend i think is at the core of advocacy and activism standing up for your friends making sure they need uh, have what they need and making sure that they're seen um and i guess you could call that small scale activism and advocacy but that's what i've been doing um recently and you know just work with the gender cool project and i know there are things to come in the future with uh big legislation um, in the federal courts and everything. But, you know, I'm taking it one day at a time and seeing what comes my way and, you know, just looking to find places where I can help and tell my story. Excellent. Well, I can't thank you all enough for joining me. I know this is an incredibly busy time, so I really appreciate your time. And it was just delightful getting to talk to each of you. Um, where can each of our listeners find you? To find us, the Gender Cool Project, you can go to gendercool.org. Also on Instagram and Twitter, just at GenderCool. And there you will be able to see and learn more about Ashton, Rebecca, and I, and all the other amazing champions. And you can also reach GenderCool via email. Um, that will be on the different social media pages. Excellent. Well, thank you all so much. Each week after we talk about the news, I like to leave you with a story that's bringing me joy. This is the perfect follow-up to the conversation we just had. A new NPR PBS NewsHour Marist poll reports that two-thirds of Americans are against Republican attacks on transgender people. In fact, the poll even finds that just 29% of Republicans support bills that prohibit trans kids from joining the sports team that aligns with their gender identity. There have been dozens of anti-trans bills targeting kids that have been introduced at the state level this year. While some are passing, this poll shows that the legislation is out of step with the beliefs of most Americans and that the Republicans backing these bills represent the most extreme position of their constituency. Of course, this is not the first issue where Republicans have been out of step with the public. From abortion access to economic relief, there are many issues where they don't reflect popular opinion. But I think this is a hopeful sign that the public is moving in the right direction. Please make sure to support the LGBTQ Nation podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review our show right now on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Five stars, please. And check out LGBTQ Nation every day at www.lgbtqnation.com. LGBTQ Nation has been a joint production between Forever Dog and Q Digital. LGBTQ Nation is hosted by Alex Berg, produced by Andrew McGuire, engineered by Katrina Henning, music by Gabe Lopez, executive produced by Joe Cilio, Scott Gatz, John Helbach, Bill Browning, and Melissa DeMonts. Forever. Dog.